It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to another edition of They Came to Play, the podcast where Danny McGinley and I review in immense detail and with wonderful insight the weekend of AFL football and other sports. Hello, Danny McGinley. Is that the worst possible results for both of our teams? Just uh, piled into one, one weekend of horror. I mean, it's worse for us than it is for you, but yeah, I don't want to dig too deep into this, Danny Beginlay, without introducing our replacement, Tess Armstrong. Yeah, let's bring her in. Uh, for the week, uh, she was my co-host on a number one rating breakfast show in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a pleasure to be back with her again. Joe Stanley, hello. Aww. Oh, hi, gorgeous Lemos. And why did you laugh then, Danny? I laughed because I love when Lemo, you know, because he's, he's such a lovely, everyman, beautiful broadcaster, but occasionally, you know, he lets out a little bit of bitterness in there. Because <laughs> you guys, was, oh, look, this is no secret. You guys were absolutely screwed. You were number one rating. You get gold go, oh, I don't know, let's bring in some British guy. It was, yeah, I know you guys don't want to comment on it. I'll comment on it because I used to listen to your show. I enjoyed it. And uh, really, that's the whole reason I've done this podcast, so I can get a live little version of it. Oh, that's lovely. We loved the show. It was sad that it ended, but oh, well, I'm not bitter. Are you bitter, Lames? Uh, I, I'm, I'm bitter in, mo- in moments mm. that, 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 come a, that pop up pretty rarely, to be honest, these days. Yeah. I certainly, I'm, I've never been bitter publicly. No, uh, me neither. Oh, we were gracious. Oh, we were so well behaved. That's why I laughed. You're bringing we, it out. <laughs> we were very gracious. Uh, I've been bitter privately a couple of times. I know. There. I mean, you know, you, you've you've held up a few people at the bar at yeah, two yeah. in the morning to <laughs> yeah, hear exactly yeah. what went on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating story. Um, mm-hmm. but really, but generally I'm a pretty positive bloke. In fact, so much so I was discussing this with someone on the weekend I was quite outspoken about the sacking of Alistair Clarkson, Joe. Mm. And I thought about it and I reckon that's the first thing I've ever said negative, first negative thing I've ever said about the Hawthorne Football Club publicly in my whole life of broadcasting, radio, television, social media, everything. But I don't think I've ever heard you say anything negative about Hawthorne privately either. You are oh, so <laughs> devoted. Uh, there was some times in like 2015 where he think he thought they'd only win the grand final by 10 goals rather than 20. Yeah, yeah, that was. Upset. We've seen his dark moments yeah. up close. I, I know, and gee, he was hurting, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, the, your resilience, Leams, in overcoming that dark time yeah, is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it's an inspiration. I know, Joe. You do some great work with the House of Wellness. Yes, thanks. Uh, each week on uh, Channel Seven, you can catch mm. Joe and the team there. Luke Darcy included. Yeah, and uh, I know resilience is something that you you know you talk about. So, is there um, is there something that we can pass on to other Hawthorne fans that help them through <laughs> this difficult time? Just 
um, just be grateful for this day. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and it, as a Collingwood supporter, I feel I have really ha- I've had to tap into my resilience on an ongoing basis for pretty much my entire life. And just be grateful for this day often means be grateful we're not playing today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Because the pain inflicted watching my beautiful boys who and girls. Oh, the women were extraordinary this year. Loved them. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know, I, I often say my poor daughter, she's inherited Collingwood. And it's quite an unfortunate inheritance. It's quite a, it's a genetic disorder that I've passed on to her. <laughs> is she does she share your passion, Joe? Yes. Or is she yeah. Vaguely ambivalent. She had a little moment where she wavered because right. you'll discover this, Leems, when Laddie yeah. gets to primary school yes. and he makes his first real genuine obsessed with each other friendship, right? Right, And yeah. that little guy or girl, Barracks for, say, Richmond, and oh, Richmond no. is winning at that time, yeah. that little guy or girl gets in your Laddie's ear and there was one kid, his name was Ooh. Isaac, in prep. Yeah, and he was going after Willow. I could tell he was a Richmond supporter, and I had to take Isaac aside, little preppy, (laughs) (laughs) and say, "Isaac, darling, I know you and Willow are good friends, aren't you?" He says, "Yeah, we love being on the monkey bars," and I'm like, "Yep." She barracks for Collingwood. I'm picturing there is Isaac walking home from school and you pulling up in a limousine next to him and the back door opens, he gets dragged into the back of the limo. He's given a chat mob style. Yeah, yeah. And then back out onto the street. I, I borrowed that limo from Eddie Maguire. <laughs> he was only too happy to drive it for you. That's right. <laughs> well, Joe, um, the opposite is happening with my boy. He's in grade one now and he's uh, got very good friends who are all uh, identical triplets. Wow. And they all go for Richmond, but he is... He says he's already got at least one of them over to Bulldogs mm. and he's working on the other two. The only problem is he can't really tell which one's which yet. Oh, that's uh, a shame. <laughs> well, one of the uh, Andy Ma and Emma Race have three daughters and yes. the agreement they reached, because Andy's very passionate, Carlton, Emma's mm. Hawthorne, the agreement they reached was that Emma could have the first child Andy the second, and then they would alternate from then on depending how many kids they had. So they've had the first daughter, Hawthorne, second daughter, Carlton, third daughter, Hawthorne. But what Emma did with the middle daughter is she contacted the Hawthorne Football Club and got Cyril Rioli to personally sign merchandise and address it to the daughter and send it to her. So it wasn't didn't take long before the middle daughter was converted to Hawthorne as well. Oh, wow. Now they're all Hawthorne fans. That is that is that dirty play. Yes. Is that, yes. <laughs> I mean, that is you've made an agreement. That's marital espionage. No, but yeah. see, so like the first, fair enough, she's bo- she's carried the child, she's gone through all manner of, you know, pain, discomfort, nausea, whatever. She's yep. earned that, the first child. Yep. Mm, Andy, surely does he get a look in for the second? I don't know. Yes, if that's the yes, agreement. Really. I tell you what. How about this? Is a. I mean, I'm just helping out uh, other people's marriage, and when mm. they haven't asked here, but what they do um, is uh, so first child gets um, the the mum's footy team, but the dad's surname. Second child gets dad's footy team, but mum's surname, and that's how you alternate it. 
Well, that's not confusing at all when it comes to <laughs> enrolling kids at school. Well, what's more important, confusion or footy loyalty? Yeah. The problem is that Andy Marr, being a Carlton supporter, didn't really have someone like Cyril Rioli to call upon. <laughs> no. And, that, and that, that's the no. main issue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hello, this is Jack Silvani. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not a lot of yeah. pull there. Like, uh, I don't know. I feel. Yeah. Uh, hi, it's a note from Mark Pittenet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <no. laughs> oh, my God. Eddie Betts is calling and he says you should go for the Crows. Wow. That's, uh... <laughs> so, so, are you going to put me out of my misery and talk about the game? Between Hawthorne and Pies. Oh, Joe, this is the worst part. He is more angry than you. But why? You won. Come on. No, no. We need to finish down the ladder. We want a high draft pick. We're in a rebuild. So Clarko is destroying Hawthorne. He is walking out (laughs) in a trail of fire. He's walking away from the explosion by winning games and costing him draft picks. It is gorgeous. (laughs) We could finish... If we don't, if we don't rein this bullshit in, we can finish as high as twelfth. <laughs> <laughs> oh a disaster. my god! Is there's no end to the pain this club causes you? <laughs> you know, and Limo, so, next week, Bulldogs yeah. v Hawks. We should watch together because it'll be the only time we're both wanting the same result. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll wear my bulldog scarf to that. Yeah, guy. I'll lend you some, mate. <laughs> hey, Joe, you know the movie The Dark Knight. Yes. Where Heath Ledger plays the Joker. Yes. Can you remember that scene where Heath Ledger in a nurse's uniform is mm-hmm. walking away from a hospital and the hospital's exploding behind him yes. and he's grinning? That's Clarko walking away from Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah. So do you think he's walking away from that burning building in his nurse's uniform straight into Collingwood? <laughs> well, I know you would love that to be the case. No, I want... don't think that's true. Oh, no, oh, you don't. I don't. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm a bit indifferent about that. Who do you want, okay. Joe? Who do you want? Oh, there's this really awesome coach who I know is available. Um, his name's Nathan Buckley. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. So were you devoed when Bucks was moved on? Devoed. Yeah, right. So sad. Yeah. I don't think his time was up at, at the Pies. I reckon. Uh, you know, how many times do you see him brokenhearted in a in the coach's box because they can't kick straight? He can't go out and kick a ball for them, for God's sake. Yeah, no, he can't he can't kick a ball for them. But I well, guess he, they, he did for about three hundred games. Uh, but then you have, you have to let go. He did he did a pretty good job of it too. <laughs> they have to but unfortunately, Joe, they have to blame someone. Yes. And they have to make a change. Uh, somewhere, and it's just the poor coach that is the one that cops it. I mean, Clarko's coach had four flags, seventeen. Seasons. I know. So, do you think it's his time? Why? Why him? I he should he should stay at Hawthorne as long as he wants. In in my opinion, he's a champion coach. the The players that that playing group there at the moment they really like him, and they like playing for him. So I don't so know. Why have they given a reason? This is the frustrating thing as I think supporters you want to understand because, you, you you know, you make you make assumptions and none of it's based on fact because you don't really get much information and yeah. they all talk in kind of code. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that last press conference 
with Barks, it was clear that he was not that sad to be going. I, I feel like he's probably gone, you know, what? <laughs> this place is a basket case. I'm out oh, of here. Yeah. I'm going to go and hang with my boys and yeah. start a new life. And, you know, he's, I don't think he's crying into his, into his beer, but I, I also go, I want to know what was not working. Yeah, this is what, you, when you get a membership to a club, you'd think you'd be treated as a member. Like, I I had a friend try and join the Bulldogs board last year and the process she had to go through to even get, you know, to the final hurdle where she finally got uh, a letter from uh, Peter Gordon saying, look, we'd really like, it was a really great uh, lawyer wording, pretty much saying, look, don't, because we're on the precipice of doing something amazing here. <laughs> but, like, she had to get a couple of members to nominate. She had to ring the club, like, five times going, what What do I do here? Like, do you guys even know when the Hawks and Collingwood AGMs are? Uh, I know there's there's talk of an extraordinary one coming up for Collingwood. Yeah. But, um, but as a member, um, you should be not only there, like, it should be expected that you're there and you're allowed to ask questions. They always say the board have been re-elected unopposed. And I go, well, that's actually terrible. No, no, I, I get the emails saying there's, I, the, you know, that the AGM's yeah. coming up. Oh, do you? I get, okay. I, just, I, get, yeah. I get the email as well saying the AGM's coming up and it enables you to, if you can't go, choose a proxy mm-hmm. to vote on your behalf. So you should be getting all of that, Danny, as a yeah. member. Okay. Are you a member? I guess. <laughs> I actually go for Freya. This is a, I'm just a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a bandwagoner. <laughs> no, I am a member, but I don't, yeah, don't remember. It's definitely not clear over in uh, Witten Oval. Mm. Mm. Anyway, it was never going to work for Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson to work side by side in the same way that Mick Malthouse and Nathan Buckley didn't work so well side by side. I think mm. this is like a fantasy world in which succession plans sound like a good idea yeah, on paper, but there are humans involved. They, yeah, they can only work when everyone is 100% on board with the plan. Paul Ruse to John Longmire. That worked. That was a succession plan that everyone was 100% on board with. Yeah. Paul Ruse knew he was leaving and wanted to leave mm. and was very, very happy to hand over. So Kevin cheated Leon Cameron. It's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's as long as everyone's on board with it, then it, then it'll work. But, yeah, so um, and Sam, I feel sorry for Sam Mitchell. I mean, he's, Sam Mitchell is most likely an excellent coach but he's coming in very difficult circumstances at the moment. So um, we will Well, start. personally, I was pretty sad to see the Pies lose, largely <laughs> because I was seeing you today, Liams. Um, <laughs> but I, on the other hand, it was good to see them really embrace social distancing from the opposition <laughs> and the ball. Yeah, yeah. They really did. They were being, it was a COVID safe effort from, <laughs> from the pies. I, they were self-isolating. I think they were actually at home quarantining. <laughs> they, they really were. Like they sanitised and didn't want to have to re-sanitise before they left the ground. Yeah, Haw- Hawthorne won. Now we've jumped spots on the ladder and, oh, God, it's just a disaster from our end. I mean, on the bright side, we're winning games of football with about half of our squad available, so yeah, that's encouraging at least. So, mm-hmm. what, what ideally you want you play the the you play the dogs on the weekend and then Richmond. You know, they're both very winnable games for you. 
Well, I mean, the do- you guys are top, so that shouldn't be a winnable game. Oh, no, we- we're cooked, mate. No, we're done. Lid's we're- back on. <laughs> we're done. Listen to this, would you? I'd um, say it's probably time to let Bevo go. I think Bevo could take over at Collingwood next week. We would be year. very happy with that result. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I'd be like, Nathan Buckley, who? <laughs> <laughs> like when, you, when you've been dumped by someone and then you really want to get back with them and then you trade up and you're yeah. like, what was I even thinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the um, so aside from the footy yesterday, Joe, the disappointment of Collingwood being beaten by Hawthorne, uh, have you been enjoying any of the um, Olympic Games over the last Yes. I weeks? mean, who hasn't? You just... And I was a cynic, I've got to say, going yeah. in because I suppose mm, people were like, oh, should they even be going and is it safe and why do yeah. they get to go overseas? And also, I, you know, I haven't sort of been that into the games like the Rio. I don't even capture my imagination, yeah. but I reckon, yeah, I, I was swept along with lockdown boredom and, well, oh, my do- goodness. They lockdown were so- boredom and the fact that it's in our time zone makes such yes. a difference. Such a difference. And yeah. procrastination. I don't want to sit at my desk anymore and do any more work where I've been sitting for the last 12 months basically. So yeah. it was so awesome to have that distraction. And, yeah, I, I reckon I cried my way through it. It was so emotional. With Jess Fox, I bawled, absolutely yeah. sobbed when she won that gold. There are just there's something about the stories that just get you right in the feels, don't they? Yes. That woman, for the, did you see the weightlifter from the Philippines? who won their first ever gold medal, the Philippines, yeah. in the history of the Olympics. And she's got the lift up and then just the tears and the hugging her coach. It was, mind you, I got, Kel and I both got quite teary over that one. And then the next day I found out that if you win a gold medal in the Philippines, you get a million dollars in a house. What? <laughs> oh, that's why she was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because they have, because in Australia you get $20,000 for a gold medal, right? Uh, whereas Singapore and the Philippines, you get a million bucks. Yeah, see that. Wow. So are you Kong... telling me that Emma McKeon's going to get, will she get one for each medal? Yes. yes. Wow. So she's got, yeah. what, 100,000 for this? She, she, get five? she won four gold here. 80,000. That's still less than if you win Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> well, you know, these poor athletes, right? So there's Emma McKeon, our mm. greatest ever Olympian. She's just won four gold medals. Right now she's in isolation in Howard Springs in, up in the Territory. She's going to come back, I, sw- I swear, because they wear caps and everything and they've got their, you know, their swim gear on. When she walks down the street for the first time, no one will recognise her. Oh, and yeah. I just feel so sorry for these athletes that they go, they train so hard, they go through all of this. We love them to death. For like a week, and then all of a sudden mm, it's mm. like, ah, oh, yeah. Is that, is that her? I don't know. Is would, would you like for them everywhere they go when they walk in the room for there to be an announcement, Mesdames et so that, <laughs> so that they feel right at home. Well, at least yes. for the first year. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would. And they stop and give a wave. <laughs> There's just national anthems from around the world, random being played wherever they go. Oh, yeah, yes. I love if she her. was a bloke, though, she'd already be on the Weet-Bix box and have a talk show on Channel 7. Mm. I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up, Danny. It, <laughs> it's something that I really, every time I saw a woman of any country 
winning a gold medal, I wanted to see, you know, a comparison medal tally of how much funding those athletes oh, got. Wow. Great compared call. to other athletes, particularly men, you know, and, but there were lots male and female who had to crowdfund to yeah. get there. Yeah, like yeah. The, the BMX from the UK, the woman who won the gold, she got told, sorry, we're only funding the men's program now. Oh, is like it, two is years it? out. So yeah. <laughs> she had to crowdfund to get there and she won gold. Like, how fucked is that? <laughs> you know, these and these athletes, they give their lives up. And a lot of them are working, they have to work day jobs just to mm-hmm. get to competition or, or crowdfund. As well, was that, there was a story in, in the paper over the weekend that Peter Boll only got $5,000 funding total, yeah. total to get there. <laughs> well, that, if, if we actually provided, put money into these sports like we do other sports, how well we'd go at the Olympics? But this this story that I read over the weekend was saying that um, part of the problem is we only fund podium chances, right? And we need to right. rethink what we invest in, not based only on gold medals, which I really love, like because I'm someone who I kind of done a lot of work around failure and what it means and how you can actually. Oh, hey, don't think- call Lemo that. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great breakfast show. <laughs> He doesn't like that nickname. <laughs> uh, if I can call you after for some tips, I'd appreciate it. But, you know, I always thought this around Bucks as well. Like he's such an outstanding human and, and he spoke so beautifully around what does it mean to be achieving outside of winning and losing. And that is my issue with sport in general. It's only defined by wins and losses. Now, oh. I don't, you know, my daughter's playing footy and and. and She's at a level where they do score, and I know in the low, lower levels they don't even get a score, which I think is ridiculous, right? But at the same time, I don't know, how can we just value people based on whether or not you're going to be on a podium? Hang Look on. what Peter Bowl has done for this country. So he's, he has been amazing. There's no, no doubt about that. And that vision of his family and just such an incredible story and a real, a real tearjerker. That one, can I, but we'll come back to this in a sec. Can I just wind back about one minute? Did you say in the lower grades of football they don't even keep a score? Yeah. Yeah, at Auskick they know. do yeah. in the match at the end. What? And you Isn't can that see what, what one, of the, one of the coaches does at our one is he'll just say when it's come to the end, he goes, all right, next goal wins. And the out, like, because one team invariably dominates the other team and they've kicked like 12 goals and he goes, next goal wins. The outrage on these little <laughs> six-year-old faces of, what? But we're so far ahead. He's going, yeah, life isn't fair. Here we go. Film. Wow. And the other thing is that I know um, that, of course, the parents keep score. Oh, yeah. Right? So there's no yeah. official score, but the parents are obviously behind their hands going, oh, we've got to win. Up. And, yeah. you know, it's so dumb. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, that is that is ridiculous to me. Um, but I, I agree. There's There's inspirational stories all over the place. You don't have to... You don't have to win a gold medal to tell an inspirational story. Although I did love the story around the shot, the American shot putter, who his grandfather, when he was, you know, like seven or eight, convinced him to take up shot put. And then he, the day he flew out to Japan for the Olympics, his grandfather died. Mm. And then he won, then he won, then he won the gold medal. It's like, ah, oh, of course. Yeah. 
There you go. He dedicated it to his grandpa's life. We needed to stretch the Olympics out over a year just so we could get all those stories. Well, I actually think, okay, so it finished yesterday. We've got two weeks till the Paralympics, right? Two weeks. There's a bit of a gap here, okay? And I'm sure that you guys are no different to me. There'd easily be two weeks' worth of Olympics content that you didn't see because you were over on the other channels, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Just replay it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just let me go back and see all of the synchronized swimming. I only saw a bit of it. it was <laughs> awesome. Let me go back and see that. Let me go back and see more yeah. of the climbing. Yeah. You know? You've got, you've got seven the flicks there. You, no one's watching the old episodes of The Last of the Summer Wine on 7 2. Chuck the Olympics on there. But, yeah. So don't, you know, don't tell us the results so we can go back and watch yes. it as though we didn't know. Yeah. Uh, this got me on the weekend. There was, you know, that there was a cycling race that no one understood the rules. <laughs> I mean, no one in the race didn't understand. I oh, know, no one watching it understood <laughs> the rules. Right. I mean, Phil Liggett did his best <laughs> to explain the rules, but I was watching. And it was like you had two members of a team and you're allowed to hold your member's hand and give him a push along. Yeah, yeah well, i got a mate who's obsessed with this and he talks it up, but, yeah, I can't you're make You're allowed to give him a slingshot. That's, like, and- that's, a, that's a family bike ride for me and my husband and my daughter. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to dink them, but you have to throw out copies of the leader. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can I put a bottle of wine in my basket with a big yes, please. <laughs> and you get extra points if you put playing cards in the spokes so it sounds like a motorbike. <laughs> Yeah, you get to stop at a bike rack. You've got to chain your bike up. Then un- yep. your teammate has to unchain it. That's actually, <laughs> and the bike that you're riding is one of those fluoro orange ones you just find on the street corner. Yeah, with what some spooky dogs. You've got to sign up with your credit card to get it. <laughs> uh, I, I just didn't understand that at all. Anyway, I was watching it and I tweeted. I said, I have no idea what's going on with this race, but I love it. And then someone tweeted back to me, going, uh, it's a replay, bloody Channel 7 are hopeless. Anyway, Scotland win followed by USA and France. <gasps> what? And I'm like, yo, dude, oh, nah. spoiler, I thought it was yeah. live. And you uh. just ruined it for me. Also, oh, yeah, but how much do people love being the people who have the news? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like how, how people are so keen to tell you the daily numbers for COVID. It's almost like they, <laughs> they go so early. Just to be the first. It's like it's funny you say that. I got in a ca- I got in a cab on Saturday, an Uber on Saturday, and I get in. Literally, the first thing I get in, I go, "G'day, mate." He turns around, he goes, twenty nine. No, <laughs> that, was, that was all he said. Well, it's, it's I'd say it's, it's, it's like the weather, the small talk of uh, what's the score? Oh, are we getting any freedom soon? Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Although it's 11 just, uh, today. We, we hey, by the way, we have a Patreon for this uh, for this show, and uh, please uh, help us out because we've lost a lot of live work. But um, <laughs> we did get a lot of feedback for our Patreon episode last week, Leems. A lot of people loved it because, Joe, we recorded it whilst we were at the start of the episode. The boomers were beating America. <gasps> And we weren't going to go into lockdown. And the news trickled through <laughs> whilst we were recording. Like Australia just flops as we're previewing the weekend's footy and we get more and more intel that we're going to go into lockdown. And they said it was just, it was great to hear your optimism just be taken out of you. Mm, <laughs> yeah. That's quite quite an so please to uh, listen to get, get involved. Uh, you can hear all sorts of uplifting stories like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a weird, weird mood. 
in last week's Patreon. Um, so I well, well, uh, just while we're on COVID, I, I've got uh, one more thing. Uh, do, you, do you guys would have heard the thing that sparked lockdown five point five or you know five A whatever we're in right now? Six. One of them was was six. We'll go with six. <laughs> sure. Six. The new the guy playing for Newport uh, against West Footscray, and he you know and he tested positive after the match. Do you reckon he's the only bloke watching the numbers in Melbourne going, please go up, please go up? Because if you played a game of footy whilst positive for COVID and no one else catches it, that means you had a very rough day. Mm. That means you played for Collingwood against Hawthorne. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He wanted a super spreader event. Like if you're that guy's coach and there's no no cluster grows, you'd have to have a chat. (laughs) As, what's happening with uh, Willow's sport, Joe? Is she basketballing still? Is she full Yeah, but, the, but you know, basketball being an indoor sport has had almost no games this year oh, or yes, since COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, they had a stop start, but they played in the grand final and lost. Which, ah. um, you know, it's funny, kids at the age of 12, she's in year six, they don't, they're just like, oh, well, we lost. Like it's not, you know. Yeah. I, and maybe this is what we're talking about, this win-loss kind of and what, what sort of um, value you put on winning. They obviously really care and they try really hard, but at the end they're not sitting their heads in hands devastated, you know. So she's not devastated while you're screaming at the ref. Oh, I've got to tell you, there was, there was a game. So there have been two grand finals, like two years ago and a year, the year before that, where we played the same team and the the score was one goal apart both games in extra time the first one we won the second one they won oh you're the eagles and the swans very similar very similar danny (laughs) but now willow started playing footy with girls from that basketball team and how often do you reckon that second game is brought up by the parents oh really like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was the game. Was that the one we won or lost? And I've gone, oh, no, you lost. Yeah, oh. you lost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, this is, I don't know, I don't have much of a, a competitive spirit, but footy is back mostly whenever we're allowed to play outdoors. And she's this is her first year playing footy, Liam, so I, I know you can't wait to get Laddie into Auskick, and it is such a joy. It is yeah. so don't bring awesome it up, Joey. It went oh. badly for him. I, oh, Why? Well, we started this year. It was his first year. And I took him to the first one and he kind of worked his way through it, you know. And then the second one, he was, after about half an hour, he's like, oh, Dad, I'm bored. I want to go. And I made him stay. (laughs) And then I took him back for a third week. And, again, he just went halfway through. He'd had enough. Like the kids (sighs) were doing some exercise and he was just standing somewhere like, taking his shoes off and putting them back yeah. on. And yeah. So he now does karate on Saturday morning. Gorgeous. Mostly to learn against how to defend himself against his uh, angry dad screaming at him when he misses yeah, yeah. miss- a handball. So <laughs> I'm going to try again next year once he starts school. Yeah. The secret, Leems, is buy him an ice cream on the way home. Then they associate it with a treat. Bang, you're locked yeah. in. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. My mum used to um, bribe us to do swimming lessons with fish and chips on the way home. Oh, yes. Um, But I think it's tough in the younger years because the sport is quite hard to get your head around, 
you know, like there's a lot of skills to learn and there's also understanding the game itself. Is There's many layers to it. And yeah. I don't reckon Willow fully understood until the women started playing. It was actually yeah. the AFLW that introduced to her a way of watching it that's kind of more digestible. We'd go to the games and we'd be right on the front there in the smaller fields. It was so great. And now she just loves, for her, oh, my gosh, she just wants to get muddy and wrestle. I was like, babe, we don't actually yeah. have to have a ball there to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, she wants to get muddy and wrestle. I will say she's struggled to find her form. Oh, oh, yeah. oh here we go. But it's her first year. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah, hard. Yeah. Mate, give her, give her a chance. Give yeah. her a chance. Mate, I, I'm, I'm obsessed. I love watching them play. These girls go nuts. They yeah. are very tough. Leems, I just reckon I've worked out the problem with Laddie is you've you've been saying all year you want the Hawks to tank and not play well, so then he goes to Ozkick, does Mm. what you have been telling his beloved Hawks to do, as in not play well, don't get your hands on the ball. (laughs) It is an obedient kid. The only flaw in that theory, Danny, is that would imply that he listens to me and does (laughs) what I say. (laughs) Only when you don't want him to. Is not the case. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, no. So he loves, yeah, he's, he loves his karate though. He's really into it. Mm-hmm. Karate's the best. Those kids in their little white pajamas, how cute. Yeah, they're very cute. And he loves, Joey's loving his superheroes, but he lo- likes the bad guys, mm-hmm. which oh, I read nice. is quite common with kids his age. So he likes Venom and Darth Vader and, I don't know, Bane. And whoever mm-hmm. the bad, bad guy superheroes are. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what he's into. And I guess, see, now his dream is to be able to shoot Webb out of his hand and stick to the stick to a wall. <laughs> well, it's good to have that. And did they cover that in Auskick? <laughs> they're not in Auskick. But at least in karate, he feels like that could happen one day. Oh, also, the um, I've been told that karate and any of the martial arts are very good for kids as far as training them to listen, Lames. Well, Focus. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I don't watch the classes. Kel watches the classes while I take the dog for a walk. And Kel said he's a very good listener in those classes, mm. which is like, why are your kids so well behaved with other adults yet <laughs> with you? They're little. Ugh. Well, Lames, if you want to combine his love of karate with your love of footy, simply show him Toby Green That's playing Toby footy. Green. <laughs> Did you see that on Friday night? That was just a. That was like Jackie Chan would have been proud of the speed that but, he just took out Dangerfield. Danny, I reckon Joe. If you didn't see it, uh, Patrick Dangerfield was tackling Toby Green, and Toby Green did a raised elbow fend off, which got Dangerfield in the neck. Mm. And Dangerfield had to go straight to hospital. He didn't come back on the ground. Mm-hmm. So Toby Green goes to the MRO, gets two games for it. But I think he's got a case to get off because the last three instances of this, people have not been penalised weeks. I did read a headline, one one rule for Toby Green, another for everybody else. Which, uh, which I actually agree with. Yes. I didn't read the story. I just read the headline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is... That's, That's how I spend most of my life. <laughs> me too. That's right. Wow. To me to but, but is there is there merit to that headline? Well, Bailey Fritch did the almost the exact same thing and didn't get penalised any games. Patrick Dangerfield did the same thing in the grand final last year and knocked out. Who did he knock out, Danny? Vloston, was it? Vloston missed and Vloston missed the whole game. Yeah. 
Uh, also, I, I think um, uh, Selwood should get a couple of weeks for that head high knock on the on the Giants kid. So, so there is some precedent for that. So, I, I think if they if they appeal, they might be successful. And sometimes you should read more than the headline because one of the great stories of the Friday night game was uh, the debut of the Irish recruit for GWS, Callum Brown. And uh, mm. there was a headline on Channel 7 as they were talking about him that said Mrs. Brown's boy in reference to him being Irish. But the problem is I was watching it with my kids talking around me so I couldn't hear everything. I just saw Mrs. Brown's boy and he is a dark-skinned player. And I thought, <laughs> oh, wow, that's that's risky. That's a bit Juventus women's Twitter right there. (laughs) I also didn't know his name was Callum Brown, and we have a Callum Brown Collingwood, of course, son of a great Gavin Brown. If I had seen Callum Brown playing for another side as a headline, oh, my gosh, I would drive into a pole. (laughs) It would be such a shock. Which would would raise the question, Joe, why are you watching the footy while you're driving? Yeah. (laughs) That's a good question. So, um, hey, Danny, should we just have a very quick look at uh, a couple of our, our games from the weekend? Yeah, yeah. You, you mean what we do on the pod? Yeah, sure. I think mm-hmm. we should. That's a great idea. Just, I love so, your thinking. Joe, I don't know if any of this uh, is, of, is of great interest, but Giants, uh, of course, beat the Cats. It's a game we're just talking about now where Toby Green got himself reported. And GWS have just snuck themselves. Uh, I'm just trying to get the ladder up here. Okay, yeah, they are into. They are in the eight. It's very exciting. This is the, the, okay. I said at the start of the show, this weekend of footy was actually terrible for us. That's just our teams losing, and in your case, winning Limo, which you didn't mm-hmm. want. But it is actually setting up for a very exciting final two weeks of season 2021. When everyone was talking about how it was, the ladder was absolutely set in stone. Yeah. Now we're getting not as it's exciting at both ends because the dogs lost as well. Um, you know, demons could go top tonight if they beat mm. West Coast. It's, it's very exciting. It is exciting. Joe, is your is your natural instinct in a game where Collingwood aren't playing, is your natural instinct to go for the underdog? Mm, no, I have my favourites. So who so, aside from Collingwood, who do you like generally to see win? Uh, I like seeing Richmond win, Doggies, uh, Melbourne definitely, Sydney, pretty much anyone other than Hawthorne. Yes! (laughs) 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 Oh, and I'm not a fan of Geelong. I'm very, I'm very, I wish to never see them win again. Is it just whoever's beaten Collingwood in a grand final that you just hold a grudge against? No, well, Collingwood's never played Hawthorne in the grand final. But, That's true. Um, yeah. But I spent, I'm very deeply wounded by the 80s and 90s in which all I did was see Hawthorne beat Collingwood. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever saw, because my best friend in in high school was a Hawthorne supporter, we go to the games all the time. Never once saw Collingwood beat Hawthorne. <sighs> that was the Dunstall yeah. era. Yeah. Hurt me that was a so good, much. Very good period of time that was. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I'm I'm liking the the top eight at the moment. Sydney, Melbourne, doggies, love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. You're very welcome on our bandwagon. Even Brisbane, happy to see them there. Yeah. No, I'm very happy to see Brisbane there. I. So, Joe, what would be your dream grand final? Which two teams? I'd love from, to from see the eight, from the eight. Yeah, Melbourne doggies. Oh, That'd 54 be awesome. rematch. That would be so good. Yeah. And out of those two, I mean, we yeah, obviously we all want Melbourne to get there. 
Do we? That's, that's a very <laughs> liberal use of the word we there, Joey. <laughs> I, look, it's just, I, I don't think I'd be the first to break the news to you, Danny, that in that instance the whole of Australia would be coming from Melbourne. Yeah, that would be a very... That would be a whole new experience for us because, you know, we've only had the one grand final in my lifetime where everyone supported us. So to mm. be the bad guys, I don't know if I could cope with it. That's all. Yeah. What's the point of being a Bulldogs fan if you're the villain? Well, you know, I know I get it, right, as a Hawthorne fan. It's been difficult. Yeah. <laughs> 2013, everyone barracked for Fremantle. Like, oh, I'm yeah, we did. That- I thought at least being in Melbourne, I thought, oh, well, the Melbourne people all back for Hawthorne, you know, state rivalry, blah, blah, blah. Everyone turned bloody purple for the week. It didn't matter who you were. Mm. Yeah. That was basically everyone v Hawthorne. Yeah, well, sucked in. <laughs> That's, yes. I got, I got a lot of that that week. We <laughs> got that week in, week out, our entire lives, such that when we were playing uh, um, West Coast in the grand final in 2018, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yes. Uh, yes. Sorry. Oh. Had a moment there. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> understandable. Does weird things with time. You've blocked uh, it from your memory. It was a, a pretty little, rough day. A little. But that year, everyone, everyone decided they were going to support Collingwood and it was such a surprise and the strangest experience that I started to think they were taking the piss. I'm like, is this some kind of giant, is this, is this a practical joke that I'm, I'm falling for deeply? Because it felt so strange to have strangers say to me in my Collingwood gig, gay pies, and I'd be like, but why? Why say such nice things? Because <laughs> we hate West Coast just a little bit more. That's why. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, let's, uh, yeah, I'm barracking for a, I wouldn't mind a Melbourne-Brisbane grand final. That'd, that'd make me happy. Uh, sure. This year. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's quickly <laughs> barrel through these other games. Gold Coast Carlton, well, that might have cost David Teague his job losing that one. Yeah, I believe this one was actually referred to as the Clarko Cup because whoever lost uh, would be uh, taken over by Alistair Clarkson. <laughs> by Alistair well, the, yeah. the rumours this morning are that David Teague is getting sacked. So Yeah, I've, I've actually, uh, you know, they've done that big report into uh, Carlton's coaching and football yes. department. Uh, I've actually, it's actually been leaked. I've got a few, I've got the opening paragraph here. Do you, do you want me to read it to you? It goes <laughs> oh, like this. It goes, yes. oh, God, the horror. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right. That's, uh, There's just wow. tears on the paper. They're all <laughs> They're wet. Just, yeah, right. <laughs> So has it been given a classification? Is it an R rating? Are people under 18 allowed to read the Carlton Report? You you, you can if you bring a legal guardian with you. <laughs> okay. But children are not to be left alone with it. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, right. no. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, but Suns are has- playing well away from home. And, Joe, this is my theory on Gold Coast. They play terribly at Metricon, and that is because every time they score a goal, it, at Metricon, they play the start of their theme song, that dun 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 dun, <laughs> and they never want to hear that, so they never try to kick goals. At home, suddenly, good team, Tuke Miller, Matt Rowell, here we go, boys. They're away. Uh, let's go to the next game. Uh, Richmond beat North Melbourne. I was really hoping oh. North would win that. The try. And- did you guys watch yeah. this at all? I mean, not no. many of the Saturday games no. got watched, but I go, I watched this one. And uh, first of all, uh, uh, Dimmer wasn't wearing his mask properly for the whole game. No sticking None out of the front. Do. Oh, so, None hey, Bevo does. Oh, Bevo's good. 
Actually, oh and, and Rutten, Brett Rutten, Ben Rutten wore a crop yesterday. Do you think Bevo's a saint? Do you think Bevo can do absolutely nothing wrong? Uh, if uh, no, because I talked to some of the old players. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've heard some stories. Anyway, um, <laughs> I will say this though about the Richmond North Melbourne game. North Melbourne were amazing in that first half. Mm. Yet all the commentators talked about was Richmond and how it was the end of the era and you know they can't make the finals without Dusty. I was getting so angry and sure I go for a little club as well so I'm a bit insecure but I just had this picture of like North winning the 2024 grand final. David Noble builds up this amazing squad. Him and Zebel lift the cup and the commentator goes, nobody saw this coming. What a fairy tale for the shin bonus spirit. You just have to ask, what does this mean for Collingwood's trade week? <laughs> <laughs> Can Essendon come back from North Melbourne winning? They've struggled to but, get respect over the years, haven't they? Oh, it's just <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> like, I'm, I really hope, like, and this is a horrible thing to say, I want David Teague to just get sacked just so we can stop talking about it. Can we move on to the next story, please? Uh, well, it's going to happen. I think your dreams will come true in two weeks there, Danny. <laughs> oh, don't drag it out for two weeks. Do it now. Uh, the uh, The showdown in Adelaide. Oh, yes. Last minute win over the Crows there. That was really exciting. I did actually uh, watch this because I, I had a few screens going on uh, Saturday night. You had the basketball, you had yeah. uh, the footy. I even had the Scottish soccer on. Uh, oh. And, uh, man, the Crows, the, the last three minutes of this was brilliant. I'm going to give, uh, Joe, we have a thing called the depressometer, which is which fans are most depressed this week. I know Collingwood oh. have a strong case for it, but I'm giving it to the Crows because not only do yeah. they, do, were they one of the worst showdown losses where they were ahead in a great upset and then choked it up, Taylor Walker, mm, racist not, comments. Not, like, not come great. on. It's not much worse for a club. Well, yeah. you mentioned Collingwood and. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're at least doing better this year. Uh, yeah. Well, we're, we're aiming to. I hope that we are. I'm not on the inside, so I can't say. But yeah. um, I do it, know it what it's like to be the supporter of a club that hasn't got a great history when it comes to outrageous ra- racism. And it hurts. You don't want that to yeah. be your club. Yeah. No, you don't. It's not great. It no. was a great name for that report, though. The do better report. Do better report. Yeah. Mm. I love. <laughs> I can. Well, and they aiming to, and I hope that they are because I demand of it, and every every supporter should demand of their club, whatever it is, whether it's Collingwood, Adelaide, or anyone, that mm. they do better in that regard. As a uh, culture, we all should be. And I'm and I'm sure they are doing better. I um <clears throat> watched the same as you, Danny. I was watching the Boomers and the High Jump at the same time. Did you see oh, the yes. High Jumper, Joe? Who was keeping a journal after every jump? Yes, I did. She had a real. She was very committed to that. It wasn't she. Even doing little sketches of her going over the high jump bar. Uh, our regular co-host Tess Armstrong had a great tweet about that. Uh, her and Matt Rowell, who famously writes down notes when he's injured, uh, yes. they're now pen pals. Yeah, right. <laughs> Was yeah, on our was... on our socials, but yeah, it was <clears throat> it was pretty exciting. So <clears throat> I, I'm just. Do you want to hear my notes about the St Kilda versus Sydney game? Um, sure. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like an incredibly dull thing to have to. Sit through, <laughs> well, the, the, the great thing is <laughs> nobody watched St Kilda versus Sydney except no. for hardcore St Kilda and Sydney fans. Everyone else was watching the Boomers, the High Jump, the Scottish yeah. Soccer. If you're a nerd like me. So really, the great thing for this week, we can say whatever we want about this match. No one can disprove us. 
So I, I could, hey, how good was Buddy doing the chicken dance after he scored that goal? <laughs> it was an interesting move, wasn't and it? And when yeah. Jack yeah. Higgins joined in, what an inspiration. What a great moment for Pride Games. Yeah. yeah. that was great. And I thought it was interesting that they chose to actually play John Longmire as captain coach. Yeah, in full drag yeah. for Pride match. <laughs> <laughs> he looked fabulous. Good on, good on him. Uh, so uh, I can't believe what we missed out on, Danny. Yeah. Do, do you know who won? No idea. St Kilda, upset. <laughs> we should talk about it, but we're not going to. How good are the boomers? Yeah, oh. boomers are great. Love Paddy Mills. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, we've spoken about the disappointment of yesterday, Hawthorne beating Collingwood in what can only be described as a late-season disaster for the Hawks. <laughs> um, and then Essendon bumping off your lot. Oh. Danny, and hey, how how serious is that injury to um old mate the knee Josh injury? Bruce. Josh Bruce. Uh, look, the last we heard was ACL. I'll just check Twitter now. Uh, can I tell you this has been the that was one of the most stressful matches uh, I've I've sat through because I was wor- <clears throat> on Sundays. Joe, I work at. Have you been paying attention? Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, one of the best episodes we've had in years uh, tonight. Uh, do uh, check it out on Channel Ten. Um, but uh, so I was in studio and I realised that uh, the game had started, I hadn't looked at my phone. I'm in the WhatsApp groups and they were going, and I sort of got immune to my pocket vibrating because I couldn't check it. I'm in Mm, studio. Me too. And I realised it had been an hour and I hadn't checked anything. So I went home and watched the game as live without checking it. But that is the most stressful thing, driving from South Yarra, where we record, to Northcote, where I live, trying to, I had to put a, a different podcast on to avoid any result and the paranoia of I was just looking, I saw one guy walking his dog wearing a red, white and blue beanie. I'm like, is that is he left early because we're getting thumped? Oh God, oh, what does this mean? And what? then I see like it's someone wearing red and black and they looked happy and I went, oh God, this is not good. This is not good. I mean, they were just wearing red and black. They, you know, the game had to be finished. And I get home, we dominate the first quarter. I'm like, ah, oh, this is fine. Oh, this will be a hilarious misunderstanding for me to talk about on the pod tomorrow. And then we just bloody, oh, no, we weren't thumped or anything. Essendon just could not miss. Every time they get the ball, they just kick it over their heads. It would sail straight through the centre. We would hit the post from a millimetre out. It was a very frustrating match. You mean- theory on that right there are some clubs that seem to have that luck when it comes to a ball bounce right or you know their own song with their scoring and they're very accurate and it's really Collingwood and every now and then it is us and we do that we're like what's what's going right today <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. like we don't understand what's happening and I wonder if there's one for every for every round that gets passed around right and usually it's Geelong owns it and Hawthorne owns it but, Hawthorne owned it for a while, yeah. Yes, but this last weekend it was Bombers somehow picked up that energy. And what, what do you call it? It's, it's like, like the a, it's like they get virus. rostered. It's yeah. like, who's going to have it this weekend? Remember on Seinfeld, Kramer had the Kavorka. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, so that's, is that what we call it? The Kavorka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they had the Kavorka, and I was feeling quite depressed, but I want to give a shout-out to our number one Patreon, Superb Mario, we call him, who's up to his, uh, his fee again. He's, he's given us a lot of cash, considering he's a, a hard-working disability support worker. We love you, Mario. Anyway, he pointed out to me, we were chatting on uh, Instagram, that uh, this had us losing to the Bombers in an upset at this point of the season, eerie parallels to the year 2000 
where the Bulldogs knocked off the Bombers at that very venue, ah. and then Essendon went on to win the grand final. So he, look, what a great cup half full attitude from Super right. Mario. Thank you, Essendon, for beating us and giving us the boot up the ass we need. Oh, well, you'll de- you'll definitely win the flag, Danny, because I've never, I can't think of one single instance where one of those parallels hasn't continued on. To the <laughs> Well, do you know how much doing this pod has changed me, Joe? I used to be such a, you know, don't tempt the footy gods, never put your lid off. I've been lid off for the past month. Lid is back on now because we, you know, we did not play well yesterday. But I'm not angry at myself. I'm actually quite pleased that I got that month of lid off. Limo has turned me into a positive Hawthorne mantra, Bulldogs fan, and it feels wrong, but I'm enjoying it. What's Joe, you can be a negative fan or a positive fan. Now, a negative fan only begins to enjoy the season after they've won the grand final. Mm, mm. A positive fan, guess what? They enjoy the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> From round one the whole way through. So when you're in the Bulldogs position, you just enjoy every week. Yeah. And I'm... If you lose the grand final, well, okay, that's a bad day. But you've had a great year. Yeah. I, I'm very much a positive fan. In fact, I, I in one quarter and I'm... Tickaboo, I am absolutely stoked with one good quarter. One goal. If, if Jamie Elliott takes one decent mark, I'm like, yes, life is awesome. You know, whereas my husband, he's, he's very negative. He yeah, gets right. so cross at everything. And I have to, I've had to, I've banished him from the room sometimes. I can't sit next to him because he's so negative and so down on it. And I'm like, he's like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, they're trying, honey. They're doing their best. <laughs> like, it's not like they deliberately hit the post. I've, like, it's not, it's not a, you know, a bet or anything. Oh, I hope it's not a bet. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like the, I feel like the players need you in the rooms when the coach starts berating them. The players need you to step in and go, hey, hey, hey. He's doing his best. I'm trying. <laughs> trying. Hey, Joe, is it true you got your husband used to go for Essendon and you, yes. you got him over to Collingwood? Yes. How'd you do true. that? I'm very persuasive, Danny. <laughs> was it was it like broken thumbs or was it or was it all, hey, or were you just using your womanly, wily ways? No, Production. I don't have womanly, wily ways. <laughs> um, it was essentially uh, a little bit like erosion. It was like a just a dripping tap, just a just a little bit of a just. Um, I would just kind of let him enjoy. It was like the o two o three era yeah. of Collingwood, so we were pretty good then. It was pretty exciting. Um, we'd go to the games, and he would sort of appreciate the joy of being a part of a massive movement. And you know, he, I don't know, I just sort of allowed him to see how awesome it was. I never hassled him about it because I knew he'd dig his heels in. And then just bit by bit. He um, kind of started to get caught up in the emotion of it and then one day he sort of said, oh, you know, I don't really feel this way, the way you feel about Collingwood. I don't have that real obsession with the Bombers. You know, I want to, you know, I'm really envious of how you have that sense of like you're a part of this family. I've gone, well, we're here, honey. We're just here (laughs) waiting for you anytime you're ready. And then he sort of, I could see he thought about it and then it was that um, was it preliminary or semi-final against Adelaide and we were we got into the grand final from there? I can't remember what year it was. And we were up at the top of the MCG, the very, very back row, and when we won, he hugged the yeah. guy next to him. He looked oh. a bit like Vin Diesel. He and Vin Diesel had a moment. <laughs> and I was like, I've got him. 
There you I've go. got him. So and then Eddie McGuire invited us down to the club rooms once to sing the song and, and Eddie said to Daz, who do you bear it for, Daz? And he's gone, Collingwood. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. You got him. That's the, uh, that game, Joe, has led to one of the great quotes of all time, which was a Crows fan being interviewed outside of the ground afterwards. And he said, we were robbed. Daylight robbery. Right, it happened right in front of me. We were robbed. <laughs> it's so great. I can't even remember if it was a bad umpiring decision, but it was all worth it for that bloke. <laughs> well, the Crows have got the depressed on so. There's, there's no bad umpiring decision in that particular game. <laughs> Plenty of others I could bring up, but not that one. <laughs> um, well, there's one last match, Leams. Oh, uh, Brisbane. I didn't see any of this. Brisbane flogged the Dockers. Man, it was. It's it's actually worth having a look at the highlights because uh, clearly uh, Fagan put a firecracker up Brisbane. They played the entire match, even when they were ten goals up, as if they were five points down in the end of the final quarter. There was just such ferocity. Yeah, it was amazing. Cockatoo uh, is a great new attacking option for them. They laid like a billion tackles in the second quarter. It's it's worth having a look. The Lions yeah. are, are coming back. They've been struggling without Eric, Eric Hipwood, the baby giraffe. But now they're, they're looking good. If only they could play a depleted Frio side every week, they would win the flag. Mm-hmm. They would win the flag. Well, they needed a rocket because they were terrible. Yeah. And uh, the final game is the Eagles in Melbourne, which is tonight. We're recording this on Monday. So let's do what we do, Leems. Uh, you just record a generic uh, recap as if uh, Melbourne have won and I'll do one as if West Coast won. <clears throat> sure. Uh, as expected, Melbourne got over the Eagles on uh, on Monday night. Pretty insipid performance from the Eagles, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think they've given up for the year. Half the team actually walked off midway through the last quarter. So they finished the game with only 10 on the ground. Uh, and Melbourne, nice bit of revenge for that preliminary final back in uh, 2018, uh, getting up by six goals. Yep, and uh, choose your own adventure. Here we go. Uh, wow, what a what a statement by West Coast. I mean, everyone thought they were going to be rubbish. The D's are just they just lack that firepower away from home. Uh, I was really uh, enjoying the battle between uh, Nick Nat and Max Gorn. It was weird that they uh, clearly had a bet during the second quarter, and uh, Max Gorn had to do the last quarter naked. But uh, yeah, it was just something fun for us all to enjoy. And uh, West Coast, they're, they're back. Uh, premiership favourites. Premiership favourites. <laughs> Have you ever done one for a draw? Oh, what if there's a draw? Oh. Okay, Joe, you do the draw one. Who's playing? <laughs> <laughs> West Coast Mel- and Melbourne. Melbourne and the I'm West sorry. Coast. I might have stopped Lucy for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty compelling stuff. <laughs> um, well, who would have thought it? West Coast and Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne went in as favourites because, of course, they were uh, top four by then. But, um, wow, West Coast brought it. And in the end, neither of them wanted to kick goals. And so they sat down and sang a song on the field um, and ended up with a, a draw of nil all. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is really like? maybe your skill set, boys. I'm going to suggest. Oh, no, I liked, I liked your story. And, and yeah. I, I particularly like if that happens, we didn't talk about it until the end of the pod. <laughs> So, Joe, when you said they sat down and sang a song and had a nil or draw, were you in your mind picturing an Auskick game that you've seen at one point? Because <laughs> that is literally, I mean, I don't know, once your kids start playing sport, it's very hard to remain in, in touch with professional sport in the same way because you're so busy. Yeah. And for 
Well, for, it's not so bad now, but when my daughter started playing basketball, all they did was do cartwheels. Like yeah. little girls just like to be upside down all the time. And oh. we literally, it's, even now at, at uh, footy, you'll hear a coach every now and then say, Abigail, no more cartwheels. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the forward line. Yeah. They just love it. They love the cartwheels. Those Car- cartwheels are fun. Cartwheels are fun. Mm. Um, well, that brings us to the uh, to the end of the pod. Uh, Joe Stanley, thank you. We really, you. really appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the good work on House of Wellness, which people can see on Channel 7, and Broad Radio as yes. well. Yes. Uh, where can people get a taste of Broad Radio? So Broad Radio is radio for women, um, not to suggest your audience wouldn't enjoy it. You're very welcome. Thank you. But I will say <laughs> we talk more about AFLW than AFL. That's right. And uh, we stream live Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube, broadradio.com.au, or you can check us out on Facebook or YouTube. And, uh, yeah, we're building a radio station. How about that, Leems? Oh, it's awesome, Joe. I remember you you mentioned this to me a long time ago as a dream of yours, and it's great mm. to see it, um, you know, coming to coming to bear so it's getting there it's very slow process but we, we're going to be doing a crowdsource raise um in a couple of months so um i will hit you up for 50 bucks but yeah. i had your beautiful mother on the show danny and she's yeah. so amazing andrea for international women's day this year so uh you know that was an absolute joy she was uh she was she enjoyed it and she loved uh the 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 vibe that you guys had it's a really positive uh experience <laughs> And, you want, mm. and also, uh, while we're, while we're uh, blowing smoke up each other, Joe, my boy, devoured your Kick Like a Girl series and absolutely loved it. And one highlight was, uh, for those who don't know, Joe wrote a bunch of stories uh, for, aimed at young kids about a, a, a young footy team. And at one stage, I walked into his bedroom to, you know, say, hey, do you, want, do you need a sandwich or anything? And he just screamed, they're in the finals. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh, that brings right. me the greatest of joy. So, yeah, that's lovely. And Good we have another in. big announcement, Limo, about They Came to Play. As of right now, today, you can get an official They Came to Play T-shirt. Oh, yes, you can. It's up at uh, League Tees. Our friends at League Tees have done us up a design. They look uh, pretty awesome. We'll chuck them up on our socials, please. Uh, I think they're only 30 bucks. Uh, and there's some we've chosen. So there's a, a range of colours, so you can get one in your team's colours yeah. or neutral. You can get a green one if you just want to support footy. I think the perfect thing to wear if you ever go to a game and you're not supporting either team, wear your they came to play t-shirt. Yeah, for sure. In the colours of the umpires, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh, they're they, more fluoro yellowy green. Yeah, mm. the, yeah. <laughs> you're not supporting the umpires. No, no. But uh, yeah, we've got we've got merch. It's a, it's a a real milestone for the uh, they play <laughs> podcast. So uh, get involved there. Um, but that is it for this week. We will, of course, be back later in the week with a special Patreon edition. Yeah. Uh, and if you feel the urge, please uh, join the Patreons and support the pod. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, we had it, Apple issue has been resolved. Uh, you may need to go in and resubscribe if you're not getting our new episodes due to a glitch. Uh, so, if you know anyone who has said, you know, who listened to the show and said they ha- can't get new episodes, that's how they do it. Go in and resubscribe or just ask friends, hey, have you heard they came to play? Word of mouth is actually how podcasts work. So, please mm. tell a friend about it or an enemy or a colleague. Tell, we don't care. Tell everyone, shout it from the rooftops. Uh, thank you, Joe Stanley. Thank you. It's been a delight. How much fun. Uh, Thank you, Danny McGinley. Lid off. Go dogs.
Go Hawks. <laughs> All right.